Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lane, producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Meta Show. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia. And as of the recording of this podcast, uh, this week is going to be the 30th anniversary of Wienerville. And I have with me a very special guest who's just as much of a huge Wienerville fan as I am. So why don't you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Manny. And uh, yeah, I pretty much watched Wienerville since its inception back in 93. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've seen a few videos on your YouTube channel and you have this really distinct Wienerville style whenever that you introduce your segments. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to do anniversary videos for the last few years. And as of the recording of now, I'm currently working on my 30th anniversary episode right now. Awesome. So. That sounds great. So thank you. Yeah. Why don't you talk about how you first got introduced to the show? Oh boy. Um, well, in 93, um, that's when I first got cable. And so um seeing commercials for Wienerville was always just a unique experience too, because it would be so colorful and be in your face at the same time. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know, that just sort of really attracted me to that because I saw the Nicktoons and whatever, but Wienerville just had this really special energy and weird, just weirdness to it. And it just captivated me. And I just, I just could not miss it. Like I loved it. I recorded it and I watched it over and over until like some tapes were worn out or if I just like, yeah, if, if whenever it, uh, whenever it came on, I just made sure I watched it and, uh, sort of, it sort of went away, but, um, I got back into it in 2006 after seeing an episode of Ned's Declassified. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Mark. And a lot of my friends were like, who's Mark Wiener? I've never heard of that. So I showed them the Wienerville show from the episodes that I recorded. And they were like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the show is not for everybody. But to me, it's a very special, special show. <laughs> yeah. I guess my story is kind of like similar to yours in 93. I remember seeing a commercial for it and already I was like a huge fan of like Pee Wee's Playhouse growing up. And so I decided to like tune into a guy who had this huge world called Wienerville and he had like a whole bunch of puppets and he had a whole bunch of people participating. So I remember that. And there were also like airing like um, Muppets Tonight and various other things. And I've always been a huge fan of variety shows with puppets in it. And so when I tuned in and I saw it for the very first time, I thought, you know, it, it was really interesting. And it was this really unique take on like a variety show from like the 50s and 60s. And I remember that whenever they would like promote like 
like, oh, you know, it's, it's airing on, um, you know, it's uh, lively shown on uh, Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. And I remember I really wanted to go there so badly just so I can be able to see that or maybe, um, you know, be a part of like Nickelodeon Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple or something like that. But I didn't get to go over to Nickelodeon Studios until 99. But uh, by that point, everything's already been finished and I was already like, I think it was uh it was already like a uh, 13 years old at that point so I kind of like was slowly moving away from my um Nickelodeon phase but um yeah I, I was like one of those people who fondly remembered it when nobody else did it was my best friend Kevin and I and we were the ones who were like talking about Wienerville while everybody else was talking about a whole bunch of other shows that um you know, we we also enjoyed, but um, yeah, something about Wienerville was kind of like an inside joke between the two of us. So, um, yeah, so I guess we can start talking about it. So, yeah, I think that uh, the way that Wienerville is presented now, for those who don't know what Wienerville is, it's a variety show uh, hosted by Mark Wiener. That's where the name Wienerville comes from, for those who are wondering. And every single time that an episode would air, he would open up with a cold open with um, the mayor of Wienerville, Dottie, and her assistant, Zip, also played by um, Mark. And believe it or not, Zip is played by Scott Fellows, who nowadays you might know as a major writer for things such as Fairly Odd Parents. He created Nessie Classified. He created uh, Big Time Rush. And he also was the creator of uh, Johnny Test and various other uh, shows he would write um, episodes for for Nickelodeon. And uh, it's kind of funny because uh, I remember when I was talking about the um, the Wienerville Election Day special and they had the main bad guy, which was Hugh J. Magnet. And there was a Fairly Odd Parents TV movie that had the villain named Hugh J. Magnet Jr. And I was the probably the only person who even made that connection. So I just thought it was pretty funny. Anyway, so throughout the show, they would be showcasing a cartoon, which was basically like how a lot of these variety shows were, where it would like showcase like a, you know, seven minute cartoon that was basically like mostly public domain. But at the time, there were Columbia cartoons and there were cartoons from UPA, which Nickelodeon had the rights to at the time, like Mr. Magoo and Gerald McBoing Boing and the Alvin show. And um, then cut in between, there would be like the storyline that would be happening throughout the show. Mark would even sometimes, um, you know, dress up in characters like um, Captain Ozone. There was also Captain Bob. And even with um, there were a lot of segments like the bony segments and there was even, Cap uh, you know, Cocktail Frank and his weenies. And then the end of Every episode, uh, he would bring two kids from the audience and they would be wienerized, which was basically like a term where, you know, you have like their heads in like small little puppet bodies. They'll be playing games and whoever won got the golden hot dog trophy. And yeah, that's basically how an episode of Wienerville played out. So, yeah, uh, Manny, why don't you share some of your fondest memories of, um, you know, watching the show or even any, any favorite moments of the show? Well, definitely. Um, I'd like to bring up as well. Um I dressed up like Cocktail Frank when I was nine years old. Oh, nice. <laughs> I did. I told my parents, like, I need that rainbow wig and I need that backwards hat and everything. And I would just be like, <laughs> like I said, I was nine years old. So I was like walking out doing like the little hops that he does, you know, at, you know, in the puppet body. And no one knew who I was, but I knew who I was and that made it special. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just hilarious just looking back to that like wow that must be the most obscure halloween costume anybody could probably muster up i'm sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure that in like 93 i'm sure that there were a lot of like 
common costumes that people would be like trying to dress up as maybe like Batman or Spider-Man or something. But yeah, like cocktail Frank and his weenies. That's a very unique one. I'm sure <laughs> you've probably gotten like a lot of people questioning on like what costume you're wearing and you try to explain and they'll be like, what are you talking about? It's true. It's really true. In fact, like whenever I would see Wienerville being played on somebody else's house or maybe in a doctor's waiting room, <laughs> That would be just that would be so mind blowing because much like you, I always thought that it was an inside joke between myself as well, because I'm like, no one else probably watches this. I'm like, I'm its audience. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's true. You know, variety shows, I, I guess it depends on which one. Uh, you know, they cater to a specific audience. Like, you know, the humor is a little bit, you know, corny and a little bit like really wacky and over the top. And I take it that, you know, for a lot of people, they might think of it as just like really juvenile while others are saying like, no, I get the joke because it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be like a take on, you know, variety shows from that time period. So I already knew what the joke was, but I guess a lot of people probably didn't. Yeah, that's very true, I would say. Yeah, and I also think that uh, another reason why the show is really unique is because, I mean, when you think of puppets, you think of like, you know, Jim Henson Muppet style, or you think of hand puppets like from Mr. Rogers or something like that, or you even think of like people in costumes. You don't think of giant heads on tiny little bodies. That, that's <laughs> something that is still unique to this very day. It's it's definitely Mark's vision, and it's, it's incredible. Like, um, I didn't know this up until about close to 15 years ago, he was um, on Comedy Central for a long time and he got his start like just doing stand-up as the head puppets every now and then. But um, he started out with like props, sort of like a carrot top style thing, which he brought to Wienerville in the general store bits. And um, the head puppets were definitely a big part of the show called Random Acts of Variety, where he got to like spread his wings and invent these characters like that's where Dottie and baby Jeffrey came from uh was that variety show and um when he got the show on Nickelodeon um according to David Jordan who's like the prop master and stuff they uh they all rustled all together to mimic Mark's style to sort of like invent this whole world like Wienerville and it was just like mind-blowing to mark when he was making the show is like wow i i remember building this in my basement and here it is it's a whole big studio of my style and it's incredible so it was just like a great it felt like a ragtag team of do-it-yourselfers that just can like make a show and it's exciting <laughs> Yeah, and he also told me uh, a long time ago about, you know, what made him come up with the idea for this is that, you know, he was working as a as a street puppeteer in Boston. And then when he came over to New York City, he joined the Bond Street Theater Group and they asked him to do a puppet show. And he basically did. And then he developed the style that we know today for Wienerville on uh, a nightclub act because he wanted to be able to perform many puppets on stages and you know, he didn't want to have the audience wait for the next puppet to come out. And then, you know, he would have the puppets lined up so that he can be able to do it one by one by one so that it will be quick and to the point. I remember like many years ago when I first interviewed Mark on my uh, old school lane blog, this must have been like way back in 2012. Where... I remember that. That's where I first heard your show. Yeah, so I was looking up clips on YouTube of like when he did like the um the Rocco and Tony which eventually became like a 
you know, a more rougher prototype of Sako. And then, of mm. course, he had like um, all of his other stuff that he would have presented where, you know, uh, like for his stuff on SNL and his stuff on all of his other uh, TV shows where he just showed off his puppetry. And th- that's where essentially he came up with uh, his inspirations for Wienerville. And I remember reading the uh, the New York Times article of God and Wienerville, where it told his whole life story about, you know, him wanting to get into, you know, comedy and also with the, um, the passing of his first son and how much he loved that show so much. In fact, in every single episode of Wienerville, whenever that you hear the credits of a kid laughing, that was his son. And that was like the thing that, you know, he felt so much joy into doing when, you know, even doing Wienerville after he passed on. And I just thought that that was like really sweet. It's actually one of my favorite articles that I've ever read on New York Times where it was focusing on a specific person because you get to see that it's not just, oh, this is just like goofy stuff and, you know, and whatever. It's it's something that he genuinely loved doing. And you can still see to this day, if you check out the Wienerville YouTube channel that, you know, from time to time, he and his son, Max, would be able to do various videos with the Wienerville style of puppets. And they're able to do great causes like, you know, stopping water pollution or uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I think that that's still fantastic. And uh, the characters are also great, too. I mean, like, you know, Dottie, Zip. Uh, Boney's a fan favorite for a lot of people there's also Pops and various other characters and yeah I I think that's you know with all those personalities they're distinctly different even though Mark is for the most part playing most of them and I think that that really stands out about how much of a great actor Mark is especially since he has all that personality put on the screen oh yeah like it's just split personalities it's amazing I like to I like to also piggyback on what you just said about his kids being an inspiration um, if you look really hard on the set, I'm sure you have, there's a, there's a street light and it says Max and Rebecca and right behind them, there's a store that's called Avi's song. So that was like his, uh, his tribute to his kids. And yeah, I, didn't, so Max, I didn't know that Max, until years later. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Max and Rebecca, those that's his son and daughter. And then Avi was um, his other son that we just mentioned earlier, uh, who had sadly passed away when he was very young. And yeah. Avi's song is basically like a reference to the laugh that you would hear in the credits of every episode of Wienerville. Now that I never knew that. That's incredible. It is very incredible. Again, read that New York Times article of God in Wienerville. Highly recommend yeah. you check it out. Definitely. Yeah, so um, another thing that I thought was really interesting and that kind of made it um, very unique, again, was like the the cartoons that they used to show. Now, again, very similar to like um, various variety shows, especially with Pee Wee's Playhouse at the time, they used to show a lot of uh, cartoons, whether they were mostly public domain or they had the rights to at the time. And what did you think of the cartoons that they would showcase? Um, They would usually be hit or miss. Um, I remember watching it with my parents And usually Mr. Magoo would be like the one that would be like, oh, wow, I remember this. Everything else that would be like, "Mm, never heard of this. (laughs) I would say um, a lot of enjoyment that I got as a kid from watching the cartoons was probably mostly the Alvin show shorts. I really enjoyed those because Nickelodeon started running that show as well. But um, looking back on it, watching Wienerville now as an adult, I would say that I think the cartoons kind of slow things down because <laughs> I mean, even uh, according to Mark, he's I was I was actually on a podcast earlier with him, too. And he mentioned uh, 
that on the on the cartoon segments they didn't like it because his rider Rhea Bruza would be like we have all these ideas but we have to cut these short because of the cartoons so I think they didn't have a say so in the cartoons they just sort of were forced into doing that so I'm sure they would have preferred to do Wienerville as just a show but the cartoons probably just had to be a part of it, I guess. Yeah, I, I even talked about that with him uh, many years ago, where um, if they would have gotten a season three, they would have removed the cartoons altogether. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I can I definitely do agree that the cartoons were mostly hit and miss. And um, some of them were definitely much better than others. And they definitely do slow the pace. Like you're thinking about like, okay, now we're about to go into the main plot. But it's like, oh, no, we have to show a cartoon. I mean, literally, there's an entire episode called Missing Cartoon where all the cartoons are missing. And they're trying <laughs> to find a way to entertain everybody on Wienerville with the missing cartoons and they don't know exactly what to do. It's ironic how on the first half they showed two cartoons, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. How did you get these if they're missing? Yeah. If they're missing, like, why are they showing cartoons? It would have been better if they would have just showed Mark or something trying to act out a cartoon as a puppet or whatever. That would have been great. Or, or maybe <laughs> they could have, like, taken a cue from home movies from Rugrats in which he would have, like, drawn, uh, like, a whole bunch of skits <laughs> Uh, and then you just kind of like try to paper flip it into making it look like a cartoon or something. Oh, that'd be great. Him and Sako could have done that. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, I'm, yeah, that's, that's actually a really great idea. <laughs> I was actually, um, and I mentioned this earlier too. I apologize. I was on another podcast called Big Orange Couch. And uh, oh, yeah, sure. That, I, I, Big Orange Couch. I know those guys. They were, um, that was actually my first episode, was DTV. And I think Joey or Andrew might have mentioned it would have been interesting uh, how you remember Dottie did smoozing with the stars with the cast of Clarissa explains it all. Yes. And they did like interviews with everybody, but it would have been better if they didn't show the cartoons and we would have saw the interviews with uh, Sean O'Neill and Jason Zimbler. That would have been fantastic. Oh, that would be really interesting, especially yeah. with Dottie being a politician. And, you know, if um, Jason Zimbler's, um, you know, played as Ferguson and he was super Republican because he was trying to be like Alex from Stranger. Uh, what was it? Uh, strange. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, strange Ties or something like that. And right. Yeah, I, I think that. um you know, it would have been really interesting to hear about, like, you know, uh, you know, Dottie's, you know, take on how to run Wienerville. And then, you know, maybe like Ferguson would have made like a political joke or something like that. <laughs> that would have been a really great side story. Absolutely. Or if they're going to have, um, J uh, you know, basically Sean O'Neill, who was Sam, uh, I'm sure that they probably would have like maybe like he and Cocktail Frank would have talked about music or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, yeah, in that short true. clip, it showed that they were kind of dancing, but yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I don't I, really know. Yeah, I, I do agree that um, even though that you know, sh she, she, you know, seeing those cartoons was pretty cool, and um, you know, I'm sure that this is how a lot of kids were introduced to cartoons like Mr. Magoo or Gerald McBoing Boing or Bat Fink or even the Alvin Show. Yeah, on and on the context of what kind of show it was, a variety show, it made a lot of sense because they used to do that, but. For the most part, they would show like one cartoon. I mean, even with Pee-wee's Playhouse, whenever they showed cartoons, it was like maybe a minute long tops. And then oh, they would yeah. have the Penny cartoons, which was like about less than 30 seconds or something. But even Absolutely. then, the, the most for the most part, the focus was on the show itself. 
And yeah, if you were to take and they showed the entire thing, like all seven minutes long oh, of that cartoon. Yeah. And they and sometimes it would show two or even three of them. I know. Really, it was just like that's half of the show right there. That shows kind of a difference of season one because those first episodes were like, it's time for a cartoon. So maybe they were just like, uh, we don't know how to force a plot here. So we're like, uh, it's a cartoon. So yeah. They just kept on forcing just the cartoons in the beginning, but I'm happy they sort of got out of that towards the middle of season one into season two, where they just did these outlandish storylines. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it became really crazy, like towards the end of season two, when they started bringing in like Professor uh, Fott's fate and uh, Eric Von verse second and also with, um, uh, you know, Commander Ozone. That's when things started getting like really insane. Oh, absolutely. Like. The show's budget, I'm sure, went up a little bit and they just they just got to have fun and just make like more puppets. I just I loved it. I that's why it kills me to like I really wish that Paramount Plus would like have this show or at least release it on DVD or something. Yeah, that's going to be really like, difficult considering that, um, you know, they don't own the rights to those cartoons anymore. Unless, of course, uh, if you remember when they first aired, like at least one of the episodes of Wienerville on the 90s or all that, I think they yeah. played like a Rugrats cartoon or something. I think they did, but they didn't really show the cartoon segments. It was cool that it was back on TV for at least one night, but I'm just like, wow, this is like all we're going to get of Wienerville? Yeah, I mean, that and show it's kind of had... ironic considering that if you remember the very first time that we actually saw a commercial of the 90s or all that, Wienerville was like one of the things that they showcased. Oh my God, that was one of the things that really excited me. I'm like, what? They're actually going to show Wienerville? This is great. And then years went by and i'm like okay awesome we get one night of wienerville great <laughs> the same yeah, thing and with I, and the I'm, I'm pretty sure well. that nobody saw it <laughs> i really hate that also maybe it got people to think it was a joke because if you remember the night it aired was april 1st oh yeah that's <laughs> right it was april fool's day i remember <laughs> it's like all right this is a cruel joke that they're playing on us <laughs> i mean that show was the 1000th tv show that had a like the 1000th hour of nickelodeon production and they did that big that big festival or that big celebration you know the whole welcome to wienerville episode yeah and it's just like you know that was good history and i kind of wish that they would treat it like they're I don't know, treat it like they're Nicktoons, I guess, because the Nicktoons. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to like their live action shows in the 90s, Wienerville just kind of like never really caught on with a lot of people. It wasn't like an Are You Afraid of the Dark or a Pete and Pete or all that. Yeah, it, it, I think maybe because it was so wacky that it only connected to like a certain demographic of kids that I guess maybe that it, you know, they, they, they felt it probably wasn't like worth pushing so hard into. Yeah, because I think like they I think Nickelodeon probably wanted to follow like what the older kids are watching. And I guess the younger kids or the older kids were not really watching Wienerville, I guess. And that's yeah, I guess probably so. why it got pushed out. Yeah, I guess so. And I, I, from what I understand, you know, whatever that the the older kids were watching, the younger kids wanted to tune into as well. So I guess that, um, you know, those shows became more popular. And then as time went on, 
um, you know, it just kind of like pushed into the side and not a lot of people really remembered it. So, yeah, I mean, I remember that there was not a lot of reruns of Wienerville until when, you know, even after like the show was over. So it ended in 94. It reran until 97. But even then, schedules continue to change constantly. But yeah. I mean, the one thing that I did um, give credit for Nickelodeon Studios and the, the channel at the time was that they were able to give the opportunity to have three specials for Wienerville. They had the New Year's special. They had the Hanukkah special. And and they had the election special. Yeah, like I definitely remember watching those as well. Yeah, so why don't you give your thoughts on those three specials? Um, the very first one that I saw, I saw them out of order because uh, New Year's went first and I, I missed that one. But the Hanukkah special was my first one that I saw and it kind of introduced me to like Jewish culture and everything because I, you know, I was like, I can't remember. I think I was like, probably like, nine still like eight or nine years old at the time and it was really an it was really unique story hearing the story of Hanukkah told three times in like a sci-fi crazy outlandish kind of way <laughs> that that whole special is just I don't know it's it's out of nowhere I mean it it does take itself seriously but at the same time it's extremely silly all at once because it's very compared to the other Wienerville specials it's extremely fast-paced and a little loud but it's really it's not bad though I I, I really enjoyed it yeah Same I would say out of all the three specials I enjoyed watching that one the most because the New Year's special was so aimless like it's basically cocktail frank and the weenies and they're off in new york city going to perform a concert and then you know dotty and the gang are basically traveling to new york city they got lost and now they're trying to find you know where the concert's going to be held and it's basically a paper thin story and then you know jump in between there's like a whole bunch of things going on all at once that has nothing to do with the main plot <laughs> and i feel like the hanukkah special was able to like even though that it's basically three tellings of the Hanukkah story with the introduction with Mark Summers from Double Dare, where he was able to read off a brief summary of what Hanukkah is about. Then you have the story with the potato pancake aliens. Yes. <laughs> the settos. Yeah, settos. <laughs> basically trying to get away from Dorcas because, you know, they don't want to be ruled by him. And then, of course, you have Gonza Kanaker, who's basically singing the story of Hanukkah using puppets so yeah oh, it tells great. yeah it tells the story three times and yeah it, it does again it take itself seriously but at the same time it has this crazy i'm sorry crazy montage where it basically just has like you know them trying to fight off against dorcas and his minions with the puppets and pouring all the oil which the oil was supposed to be for the ship because yeah okay we're gonna get oil for our <laughs> ship and find it in a supermarket so yes okay. uf oil safe for lockers and space travel there you go <laughs> right yeah so yeah even though that it does go all over the place but i enjoyed myself a lot when watching that special because of just how crazy it gets Sure. And then the election special, I didn't even watch that until like when <laughs> around 2020, when the whole Donald Trump, Joe, Joe Biden election was happening, because um, I was trying to think of a, a good election day special to watch. I wanted to uh, choose between whether I was going to talk about the Rocco's Modern Life one or mm -hmm. I was going to choose um, um, what was another one I was going to choose, but um um, it may be a Jimmy Neutron uh, one where Jimmy and uh, 
Cindy were going up against each other. And then there was also um, Bowlby, who was in the third position. So, yeah, there was that. And, oh, the, and the, the, the Doug one, yeah, where they were trying to go for class treasurer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so uh, eventually I did find out that uh, some guy on YouTube named Chris Bryant uh, posted up the election day special because it was lost media for over 20 years. Oh, it was. I had and a hard I, time finding it. I could that. not find it for the life of me until that yeah. guy, I don't know where he got it from, maybe from an old recording on VHS, but he was able to upload a lot of episodes on Wienerville, including that special. And then I thought, you know what? I might as well talk about that one because it's been a while since I talked about Wienerville. Yeah, and now- it wasn't a bad special either. I really, I really enjoyed it, especially Hugh J. Magnet you know, senior, (laughs) he was very, uh, man, he was very over the top, but for some reason he was kind of like a bad guy that you kind of like to hate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like uh, the the, the classic take on the, you know, corrupted evil politician. That's not relevant at all. Oh, of course. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Oh, it's a made up story. (laughs) No, no, no. This, it happens in a different dimension, not here. No, where everything is perfect. Anyway. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Flowers and balloons and rainbows. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I thought that that was a really um, interesting idea that they decided to have Boney of all people run for president when they clearly had Dottie, who is a mayor. But OK, whatever. Yeah, I felt Dottie fell back in the wayside on that one. Yeah, I she wish did. There was more of I, her I mean, in that like, one. yeah, she she did appear in both of them, but she was barely I don't think she even was in the third one. Maybe barely like only like for a few seconds in the yeah. open, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, I I understand why they did it. it was because Boney was super popular. Oh yeah, totally. He was. Yeah, I mean everybody loved Boney, even though that he's the loudmouth and he tells everybody to get out of here and he hates kids. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, this is the perfect guy for your to run for president. He <laughs> <laughs> gets stuff done. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing he cared about was that you know when uh, he wanted to eat. Yeah, he wanted to eat. There was uh, the the one of the perks of being president was there was a twenty four hour all you can eat buffet. <laughs> Thank you, Katrina. Oh, I'm sorry, Ross Perot. <laughs> yeah, Ross Perot. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's it, when I first talked about that special, I said it was definitely a mixed bag. Like there were some moments in which I thought, yeah, this is like way over the top, just like it was in the Hanukkah special. But I felt that there were some parts that were kind of like similar to the um, the New Year's special, where it's kind of like dragging and it felt a little bit boring. So. I still feel to this day that the Hanukkah special was probably like their best one, even though that that has its own fair share of problems. But no, I mean, I think that that's great that they were able to get another chance to, you know, finish off some parts of Wienerville that they probably couldn't finish at the studios because their show was already canceled. Yeah, it was kind of a shame to to hear that, too. Yeah, like and you, the only I... times in which we got to see Mark again was both as one of the panelists in Figure It Out, and then, of course, as, the, you know, that guest uh, starring role in Ned Declassified. Yeah, like I said, that was what sort of, because um, much like you, I, I sort of fell out of Nickelodeon, and then 2006 happened, and that's when that episode came out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know what? I kind of, I kind of really want to go back and check out Wienerville, because at the time, you know, the internet and YouTube was really big, so I was like, there has to be more information. So I took it upon myself to rewrite the Wienerville Wikipedia page. And I made an episode guide and I did a like whole synopsis of the show. Like I just completely redid it. <laughs> and um, it still warms my heart that um, more people nowadays 
are acknowledging Wienerville and knowing what it was. Because back in 06 and 07, no one knew what that show was or even even heard of it. So. Yeah. And and for those who even remotely heard of it, they just thought it was like that weird show that aired on Nickelodeon in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought of that, you know, um, you know, kudos to you with uh, doing that wiki page because you were able to basically keep intact all the information that has since long been gone from Wienerville because it hadn't aired on Nickelodeon for over a decade. And the only way that people even had access to it was like old recordings, which you did have. So you yeah. were able to put in whatever that you were able to remember. Yeah, I was amazed. Uh, I was able to remember as much as I did. But chances are, like I said, I watched the show over and over and over obsessively, probably. But, you know, it's all right. I'm seeing a psychist, uh, psychologist about it. But OK, right. good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, around that time, that was when I first started talking to Mark and uh, emails back and forth of questions. And he was nice enough to respond and everything. And um, to this day, um, he and I are pretty much friends. And oh, that's I'm, great. And I've been friends of his son as well through like Facebook and Instagram. And it's just really cool to like have that relationship. And then, you know, he's just really been such a tremendous guy. And it's just I, I couldn't be more happy and thankful for that. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, people like you are responsible for kind of like reminding people about why Wienerville was such a great show to begin with. Oh, yeah. I just love it just totally um because me myself i'm an artist too and so this has been the example i've been using for a while now it's like outsider indie art and it's nothing that's polished or anything or manufactured it's just really rough around the edges and it's about sort of piecing things together and just making something out of nothing and to be honest it just blows my mind of like you could just make something out of cardboard and just make it completely magical and just use your imagination and just just express like what you have and to me that just means the world to me and i just i love it and yeah i think that that you know that's wienerville in a nutshell even though that it may seem rough around the edges its creativity is what gives it its personality oh absolutely i agree yeah, so um, do you have any final words to say about Wienerville right before we conclude? Um, I just want to give a shout out to Nickelodeon and say, like, release this show because it really is a creative show. And, you know, it, it gave a lot of viewers to your network. <laughs> that is going to be pretty difficult nowadays here. considering that, um, <laughs> you know, Paramount Plus is doing a major purge. So... I wouldn't be surprised if um, maybe at somewhere down the line, the VHS recordings are going to probably be the only way we're going to watch it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to to a couple people, too. Oh, who, yeah. Go for it. Whoever you want. Yeah. Who made um sort of we have all of season one available now, like all 28 episodes are available on YouTube. And I want to give a thank you to uh, Meredith Vintage, who pretty much collects VHSs and she did a really great job of uploading just not just Nickelodeon, but ABC and other other channels through her YouTube channel. Uh, Isaiah Reed, who uh, made a few episodes of season two available to people. Chris Bryant, of course, on Daily Motion. And um, I like to also shout out Splat Attack podcast. That's sort of a podcast that I'm a part of as well. Oh, yeah, I, and, I know those guys. We talked about uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark Ghost Island and um, 
um, in the shadows uh, about last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Brett and Alex are really, really great people. And uh, it's nice to just do little bit work for them as well. I, I write some of the scripts and uh, upload some reels as well. <laughs> so really good people. And yeah, I would just say Wienerville is one of those shows that much like you said, is sort of like an end joke to some people, but it's, it holds a special place in 90s Nickelodeon hearts, I would say. Yeah, I, I would definitely so do agree. Yes, and I, I do agree that um, all those people deserved all those shout outs, especially since they were the ones who essentially kept Wienerville alive. And I also want to give a shout out to um, Mark himself, who created the show. All the people who worked on it, like, uh, you know, Ray Abruzzo and then uh, David Jordan and Scott Fellows and all the people involved. I want to give shout outs to them and also to Nickelodeon who produced it. And yeah, I would say that um, for people who are curious about Wienerville and are wondering what, you know, even what we're talking about, <laughs> you go watch it on YouTube. And Are you still <laughs> listening? Do you know what we're talking about here, everybody? <laughs> yeah. If 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 you're interested, then please go check it out on YouTube. And if it's a show that really uh, appeals to you, then I would just say watch all the sh the episodes and even watch the specials, even though that they they could be a bit of a mixed bag. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's a show that even till to this day is pretty unique. Even when they try to do like interesting takes on variety shows, you know, even the, the ones for, geared for both kids and adults, like uh, Weird Al did his own variety show that lasted for 13 episodes. Then there was Wonder Shows in. Tim oh and my Eric, God. Yes. Tim and wow. Eric, awesome show. Great job. The Eric Andre show, like even though that those shows are geared towards adults, but they do follow that same structure of a variety show, even though a lot of it is wrong. <laughs> uh, man, I can't believe you mentioned Wonder Shows and wow, that show is... <laughs> unbelievable it like, is insane it's really insane i don't know how they got away with the stuff that they i don't did. know how they got away with it either but they did <laughs> and, oh and, and it's actually interesting because you know going in full circle <laughs> the guy who created wonder shows and was the director of peewee's big holiday <laughs> oh my god that's right chapman yes wow um, all right we've gone full circle i think we've i think we covered more than enough so. i know his scene then when peewee screamed and his mouth was the eyeballs. That was probably a scene he directed. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I think we're done here. So listen, okay. Manny, thank you so much for coming on by to the show. I really do appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. And it was really a pleasure. Yeah. So why don't you plug and promote your stuff? Okay. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I am joramas25. That's J-O-R-A-M-A-S 25. And if you want to follow my artwork, it's Humbly Artsy on Instagram. And coincidentally, my YouTube channel is called Humbly Artsy. And take a look out for my 30th anniversary episode of Wienerville. Eric Von first and second takes over my special Awesome. And there might be an episode on there. I don't know. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And as for me, you can check out my work. Uh, my uh, blog is oldschoolane.net. I have a YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash oldschoolane, facebook.com slash oldschoolane. I'm no longer on Twitter because Twitter is being awful. So I'm <laughs> on Mastodon, which is at <laughs> Patricia Miranda. Uh, you can check out the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, all those places. New episodes will go there first. Then they'll go up in a few days on YouTube. As of the recording of this, tomorrow is the Wienerville 30th anniversary virtual reunion live stream. So if you're interested in tuning 
in. It'll be on tomorrow, which is on May 9th, and it'll be on 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. We have a lot of cool guests who are going to be joining us for the show, and we would really love it if you can give your shout-outs either on a 30-second video, which you can email to me at oldschoollane86 at gmail.com, or you can uh, go on, well, I mean, I guess Twitter is, you know, probably not going to be the place anymore, but um, I'll probably <laughs> still check there. Uh, but if on Mastodon, if you have a Mastodon account, uh, use the hashtag Wienerville30 if you want to send fan art to me. I'll showcase it during the live stream. So, yeah, uh, let us know in the comments below about your memories of Wienerville. Who are your favorite characters? What was your favorite episode? Uh, what would you think of the specials? And also, you know, what did, what, what were your thoughts on Wienerville as a whole? Did you um, did you like it? Did you not like it? Were you somewhere in the middle? Would you even introduce it to friends because you generally liked it or just for the crazy lulls? Let us know. <laughs> That's it. Hope to see you around soon and take care. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>